Anyway, welcome to uh, episode two of. Welcome to episode two of. It's going to be a very short one. It's just a mini podcast. Look at Jamie scratching his head, looking out the window. Yep, we forgot to hit the record button. <laughs> All right, we're going to start off with a quick uh, call that was sent in from a fantastic guy called Andy. Andy's a Leeds fan, and uh, Andy would like to know. Hi, David. Really enjoyed the podcast. Some fantastic points made. But as a Leeds United fan, I obviously disagree with saying the season never happened. Two points. Why can't the season be played to a finish whenever that is? Then fans can celebrate properly and we can have the joy of watching relegated fans crying on match of the day. Also, who plays in Europe next season? Cheers, mate. Right, so we raised good points there. Uh, I think his comment about watching fans crying on match of the day in the last part of the season, that was really neat. But I like that, it's good. Uh, first question. Only if they set your fans. First question. Uh, I think the football the season's over. I think everything needs to stop. That's what obviously what Andy was uh, responding to. As a Leeds fan, clearly it's massively important for them to get promoted into the Premier League. They should be there. They're a Premier League size fo- football club. They should be there. It's terrible that they're not. Um, Really important for them that they go up to the Premier League. As county fans, Stockport County fans, really important for us that they go up into the Football League. But, you know, we've had to take it on the chin, haven't we? And um, I suppose yeah, well, this is where you and I diverged a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Because I said, stop it, scrap it. And you said, yeah, but you can come back and play the season. It doesn't matter when. Just yeah. That way. Yeah, I said... Um... Put it on ice, freeze it. Everybody is where there is, where they are at the time. Um, do what you need to do. Do the furloughing players and staff, and sorting out player contracts and all that sort of stuff that you normally do. Come back and finish it in the winter or whenever it's safe to do so, and the next season, whenever that is, carries on as it was. Um, the more that time goes on, it's obvious that more and more clubs don't want to do that. Um, or can't or, or can't uh, and you know football is slightly democratic at least and um, and they will you know they'll, they'll make a decision on that but but you have to accept that if you if you take the route of cancelling the season you, you do just have to accept that some people are going to, to lose out definitely uh, I think whichever way you cut it whatever you decide to do um, some some people are going to lose out. If you carry on playing, uh, if you carry on with the season when it comes back, let's say it comes back early next year, um, yes, you could say, right, we'll play the last 10 games, Leeds, win promotion, fantastic. But Leeds won't be the Leeds that it is today. And the teams that they're playing won't be the teams that they are today. In fact, some of them, many of them, maybe as many as 14, 15 of them, looking at their figures, from uh, from another podcast, which I really, really enjoyed, The Price of Football. I don't know if you've had a look at that. It's a fantastic podcast. So I recommend it wholeheartedly. Yeah, not watched, uh, not not listened to the podcast, but I, I know the um, I know of it, and I've noticed a lot of the stuff that they do on um, online and what have you. And it's always interesting reading. the The thing that always comes out that that strikes me is the 
unbelievably unsustainable uh, revenue figures and the amount of money that, that clubs are spending on wages. Um, you know, you've got some figures on the, on the championship and it is astronomical. I think we spoke before, didn't we, about Reading, £227 spent on wages for every £100 that they bring in in income across all income streams. So from TV, from everything else, for every £100 they get in, they spend £227 just on wages. I mean, it's crazy. Dave don't, the owners of that football club don't deserve to own it. They, that is no way to run a football club. They need to go immediately. And, and if the football club has to collapse into administration, so be it. It's the nature of, uh, of a lot of clubs, isn't it, that they're dependent upon their owners for, um, for, their, for their money. And without it, they're, they're, Reading aren't alone. They're certainly not the only club that is running away where they're, they are entirely reliant upon, um, upon the well-being of whoever owns the club to sustain it. The, the, the average was £102 in the, in the Championship last year. £102 spent for every £100 earned on wages, just on wages. So the whole league is hemorrhaging money. Um, the average loss was £23 million. That's the whole league. £23 million loss. Some of the clubs were losing a million pounds a week. So how can they possibly, how can they possibly survive until it's safe to come back and play football if they're losing a million pounds a week or half a million pounds a week is near as bad when they're bringing in every penny, if they stop playing football, that means you stop earning money from advertising, from sponsorship, from TV, from ticket sales, from pies, from pints, from everything. You know, the money stops. So how, that's completely unsustainable. You're going to be talking about football clubs losing in the championship between 50 and 100 million pounds between now and then, well, they can't, how on earth can they sustain that? A lot of the businesses own football clubs or the individuals that own football clubs, they themselves are, are, are going to be impacted deeply by what's going on with the coronavirus. So the owners are very unlikely, in my opinion, to say, oh, good, we main business, which pays for this hobby of God, which it is for a lot of people. Um, the main business is struggling. We we'll have to really concentrate on that. Oh, by the way, there's a hundred million pounds to keep Leeds going until the new year. It's just not going to happen. It's not. The clubs will end up in administration. There was, it's been, it's been voted that all 24 clubs could go into administration on the same day. All of them. It can be a joint, a joint thing. I'm not saying it's happening. It's been mooted. It is a legal thing that could happen. Um, and the, the whole league, I mean, effectively, they were just... They, drop a heavy one on every single uh, uh, non-football creditor. But if you are, um, as we well know, as supporters of a club that's been in administration, the, the consequence of an administration is you burn bridges and lose the goodwill that you've built up with your creditors. And um, certainly in, in our club's case, it took many, many years to get some of those people on, back on board, and some of them never will be. Um, well, if the entire league does that, do you do you not just run the risk that people won't go near you again? Yeah, but you do build new bridges, all right? So, so, so some people come back and some people, you know, a new relationships are started. But I take your point. 
And yes, I think I think if the whole championship did that, it would be a horrendous thing to do. And I'm not saying they're going to do it, but it is it is an option for them. If you've got 10, 12, 15, 18 clubs in the championship going into administration, and that is not unrealistic looking at the figures, then it might be an answer, it might be a solution for them. But I think more likely is that we'd end up with a Premier League two. We'd end up with 20 clubs in the Premier League, 20 clubs in Premier League two, and uh, those 40 would be the halves, and everyone else would be the have-nots. You know, I think that that is a potential outcome of, of where we're at. So the, the bigger clubs with the bigger stadiums and the bigger opportunities, bigger fan bases, bigger opportunities to bring in serious cash and also attractive for TV audiences because, you know, no due respect to Reading, who wants to watch them apart from Reading fans, you know. You, one of the other things that you uh, have spoken about and uh, um as a potential solution is, is regionalisation yeah. and my experience of uh, my opinion of regionalisation sorry just having you mean below that yeah so you'd have, I'd have Premier 1 Premier 2 something akin to a national championship and then I would separate it out so instead of having League 2 it'd be League 2 North League 2 South yeah mm. Um, now, I'm just interested in your thoughts on regionalisation because I, uh, in our, in Stockport County, six years in regional football, most recently, before anybody mentions the fact that the third division used to be third division north, talking yeah. about yeah. modern football, yeah. um, I found it incredibly dull. Yeah. In, in a lot of cases, not particularly regional. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying about that. Some of the places that we played in in the, the League North, uh, National League North, um, it, it took three and a half days to get there, didn't it? You know, if, if you go to Hartlepool from Stockport, it's a horrendous journey. Whereas if you went and played at, uh, say, Hereford, which is probably a similar distance, you're there in about just over an hour. It's, well, maybe an hour and a half. But it, it's... But it's Going north-south in our country, this side of the Pennines is very easy. Substantially easier than east-west travel, isn't it? Do you, do you think that the, 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 in your world, the regionalisation then would be an east league and a west league rather than a north and south? Yeah, I actually, I actually think you've made a really good point and then would be perfectly happy with that. Watch east-west, why not? So we are the west league, west-south. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we mentioned, or rather Andy mentioned, Europe, yeah, so we turn to his yeah. question. He said uh, that, you know, well, if you scrap the season, what happens to Europe places? Well, the FA decide to, the FA nominates you for European competition. It's not like the, the Premier League places and the FA Cup, they are courtesy of the FA. So the FA could just, could just decide, the FA could just nominate some teams. But I don't think anybody would think that was really fair. And um, so I would say, well, if this season never happened, then you've got to go back to the last set of completed fixtures. And the last teams that qualified for the European games, European competitions, would have been the 2018-2019 season. So you'd have had City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, and then Wolves and uh, United, I think. 
Yeah. And they they go in. So I, I, I would just say, well, you've earned it based on, on the last comp- completed set of fixtures. So I just, I just put the same teams in there. If I was a contrarian, yeah. to raise a counterpoint, not that I ever would be, obviously. Yeah. Um, Spurs, as an example. Yeah. Uh, well, we know, we know Liverpool have been eliminated this year, um, yeah. but they'd already qualified. They were so far ahead that they've already qualified for the yeah. Champions League. Yeah. Um, so I don't think many people would argue with that. City, the same, and they're still in the competition as it is. Yeah. Chelsea are there or thereabouts. Spurs, in the current Premier League table, don't look like qualifying. No. And they have had, they've competed in the Champions League this season. Yeah. They've been eliminated because they weren't very good. Yeah. They've had the money for competing in it. Yeah. If you're Leicester City, yeah. you, you might go, hang on a minute, we're well ahead of you in the stakes here. Yeah, you, and you've had your chance and you've blown it. Yeah, but you'd, you'd be spewing if you're a Leicester fan, you would. But I come back to, Leicester haven't achieved anything yet. All Leicester have done is had a good three quarters of a season. Well, as we know, that doesn't mean anything. There's there's lots of clubs who are in the, who are in promotion places or even at the top of the league until the very last game and then they just fall they fall, uh, fall by the wayside. Uh, there's, lots clubs, there's lots of clubs that that uh, look like they're relegated all day long and get out of it in the last couple of days. So if not, Leicester haven't earned it. Spurs did. You know, I, I, like I said before, there is no way of, of cutting this where you keep everybody happy. But I will say this. If it's null and void, if, if the season never happened, if, if, if the FA, Premier League, EFL, National League, if, if they all say, look, we are taking a collective decision because it's not healthy, there's a national pandemic, it's not our fault, it's not their fault. Um, and we've taken a decision that the season never happened. I don't think these judges and juries across this land who are going to be giving money to, to lawyers on behalf of, of football clubs like Peterborough, who are you know, threatening to sue and everything. Darren McCanton is quite clearly from a conversation he was having with Barry Fry on his own podcast. They've thrown the kitchen sink at it this year. Barry Fry said it's the biggest budget they've ever had in the club's history. Right? So, no wonder he's peed off, right? Well, I'm sorry, Dara. I think you're a great guy. I think you're a really good owner. Um, but on this one, you're wrong because you haven't earned it. And if you went to court and said, we've been hard done by, and there's a judge and a jury who are sat there talking about it, there are people there who are deciding, they'd say, look, there's been a global pandemic. It wasn't safe to get, up, get over yourself. It's somewhere, somewhere you lost by. That, that's all that, that's um, opinion, you know. Isn't all that Darren McCantony is saying, though, and his fellow five or six other clubs in League One, aren't they? They're not all saying they deserve to be promoted. They're saying they want the chance to prove it. Yeah. But it's been denied by a global pandemic. It's not been denied by a football administrator. It's been denied by the circumstances. You know, and as I said, if we come back in six, eight, ten months' time and football can be played again at something resembling normality, none of those clubs are going to look like they do today. 
So, you know, the, I, I hear the word integrity. Oh, there's no integrity. The integrity of the football season has gone. It's finished. The only integrity I want to hear about in football now is financial integrity and structural integrity. That's all that matters. There is no integrity of the game. The game's been destroyed. You know this fault, it has. And 1,400 players, 1,400 players out of contract uh, in the EFL alone, most of them in League One and League Two. How are they going to get another club? Where are they going to go? Who's going to hire them? You might be the odd exceptional talent who will get hired, but for I'm afraid for 1,200 of them, uh, they're going to get they're going to have to go and do something else. So we know football clubs hiring if they're not bringing any income in, they just won't be. So this going the, the football world's going to look very different when it comes back. So yes, Peterborough. Barry McCantony's solicitor, barrister, could argue we were denied an opportunity. And I think it would be very, very easy to say, yes, you were, and we agree, and we're very sorry it was you who were denied that opportunity. But it was denied by reality, by nature. Life sucks sometimes. I don't see a judge awarding them a huge amount of money. I think the judge is just going to say, I'm really sorry. Uh, but, you know, it's just the way it is. What were the football administrators supposed to do? Has there been any suggestion that it would, um, that there would be legal challenges? Aaron Canton has said, for sure, he's already consulted solicitors. So. Before you had your little recording disaster, uh, <laughs> I was telling a, a tale about Blackburn when they, when they won the Premier League 25 years ago, um, and they were one of the best teams in this country. Yeah. And a couple of years before that, uh, Kenny Dalglish was their manager. They were a very good side and they were training on what we would now perceive to be Sunday league quality pitches. Yeah. Where they had to stop training to let hearses through because they were next door to a crematorium. Yeah. And that was at the top of the English game. Yeah. A quarter of a century ago. And then Arsene Wenger happened. Yeah. Um, and the game changed. Do you think that, given the uh, everything that's gone on, that we might see maybe not to maybe not to that extent, but a, a bit of a step down in the quality of uh, of the competition? Um, no, I think it will just. I think we'll just have a bigger gap. Do you know the, like we talked about before? The haves and the have-nots. I think the haves will have the best of everything, uh, and the have-nots. Yeah, maybe the regression is going to come for them because it's going to have to be a more financial reality, isn't it? Just a training ground that is just for the first team to play at uh, makes sense. No, I think it's got to be part of a wider development. It raises money every day of the week. So, you know, the, the kind if of. You were, um, th this is an interesting thing that I, I want to gather your opinion on as, a, as a, a businessman, somebody that likes football. Let's say you were uh, a big fish in a relatively small pond and you, you were a football club, you know, let's, for argument's sake, say you're in North Cheshire yeah. uh, and you need some assets. Yeah. Um, would building a training complex where you have, uh, I don't know, let's just make a figure of 15 acres to play with uh, and you donate two thirds of that or you reserve two thirds of that for uh, 3G pitches and gyms and all that sort of stuff to be used by the public. Monetized, private business, people pay for it. 
and the other third is for your club to do what it needs to do. Probably good thing to do. Yeah, the only way to do it, to be honest. Definitely. 100%. So, so going back to your sort of your question about will things diminish? Will there be a reduction? Yeah. Quality? I think um, maybe. Yeah, I think. I think maybe the top, the top end, the very top end. It's not going to affect Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United. They'll still get the players they want and pay the wages they want. They, were, they are in a different sphere, all right? But below that, yeah, we, we definitely, I can see a drop. Um, players' wages. If, if you're not contracted in a month's time, you're screwed. We discussed that before. Um, if you was my player, as your agent, you're my player, and you're a, a player who can command a £10 million fee, yeah, and uh, you've got a couple of years, three years left on your contract. My advice to you, just sit tight. Don't ask for another contract, just relax. And if the club wants to sell you to generate some money, you're in the box seat. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere, mate. I'm quite happy where I am. We need to sell you to generate some money. Well, you can get me off the books. You don't have to pay me wages by giving me a free transfer. No, we need to generate some money. All right, okay. Well then, if you do something for 10 million quid, I want 4 million of it. Yeah, so players in a long-term contract are going to be in quite a good position. It's only if their club goes into liquidation, not in administration, liquidation, that your contract is invalid. Even if the club goes into administration, you as a player are entitled to all your money, right? Is it right that? Is it morally right? Maybe not, but that's the, that is the situation. Um, so players who are contracted, they're in a pretty good position. Um, for clubs who are trying to sell players to generate some money, to bring some money and to keep going, well, it's a buyer's market, isn't it? Buyer's market, your house isn't worth as much. Buyer's market, your player isn't worth as much. Yeah? Buyer's market, the player's wages aren't quite as high as, as you know, as they were last week. Um, Leroy Sane, I think at the beginning of this, there's much talk about him going to Bayern Munich. I think he's an incredible player, beautiful player, so mm. athletic in the way he Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, Bayern Munich, biggest club in Germany, he's a German international. It makes sense for him to want to go there. We're talking about 90 million being not enough. City were like, forget it, not, you know, we don't want your 90 million pounds. I think 50, 60 were getting today all day long. And that's as a direct result of him. Uh, being available, coming back to fitness at a time when the football industry has collapsed. You know, how many clubs are going to be in the market for a 50, 60 million pound player? Mm. Manchester City aren't even one of them. You know, so, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to, everything's going to diminish. Everything's going to go south in the opinion. Mm. You know, there's this absolute carnage to come. It's just, Carnage. Anyway, that's, that's a happy note to end on, isn't it? It, it is. It is. Um, appropriate for the times. <laughs>